sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Yeah, it's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. I know we're in the middle of March Madness, but we can't talk college hoops all day, every day. Today's show, we're going to talk a little MLB at the open, and we're going to break down the world of late season NBA with Jay Money at Jay Money is Money on Twitter. Jay's been on the show before, a solid, rock-solid NFL expert, someone, uh, NBA expert. Uh, he's pretty good at NFL, too, but I like talking to Jay in the NBA. And we're going to pick his brain on what teams we want our money on, what teams are we want our money against, some overthoughts, some underthoughts, and maybe some playoff look-ahead with Jay Money. But as I promised, before we get into NBA discussion, we're going to talk a little MLB. I haven't talked a word of MLB yet, and the season just around the corner. Let's talk about a couple of early opinions. And again, I'm not going to tell you that I've done all of my baseball research. I haven't. But at first glance, there's a handful of teams that stand out to me. I'm going to talk about two from the National League and one from the American League right here. Teams that we're looking to get involved, perhaps, in their season win totals. I'm going to talk about the Dodgers first. The L.A. Dodgers line 95 and a half wins, which is low for a team that's been well above that in recent seasons. Look, they've won nine NL West titles the last 10 years. They're accustomed to regular season success. Now, in the offseason, so a lot of big names go out of L.A. Trey Turner went to the Phillies. Justin Turner went to the Red Sox. Cody Bellinger went to the Cubs. Joey Gallo went to the Twins. Craig Kimbrell went to the Phillies. That's a fair bit of talent to lose in one offseason. I don't care. <laughs> they picked up plenty of talent, too. J.D. Martinez, Noah Syndergaard, Miguel Rojas is going to be helpful for them. Shelby Miller is going to be helpful for them. David Peralta. And, of course, we can't anticipate the Dodgers as a we're-going-to-buy team at the trading deadline. Remember, they scored 847 runs in MLB last year. They scored 830 runs in 2021. This offense isn't going anywhere. And their pitching staff is really deep. And that's something I'm paying a lot of attention to when you talk about season win totals. Pitching staff depth matters a ton, especially if you're looking to play teams uh, over the total. If they don't have pitching staff depth, you may want to play them under the total. Dodgers, when it comes to starting pitching, uh, they have many, many options if players get hurt. And, of course, this is the team that is willing to spend at the trading deadline. They won 106 games last year. Uh, in 2021, I should say, 111 games last year. They're lined at 95 and a half this year. I think that's short. <laughs> I think the Dodgers are going to still get up and over their season win total. I'm not going to ask them to win the World Series or win playoff series, but I do not think the Dodgers have declined in any significant way, certainly not from a regular season standpoint. I like the Dodgers over their total. Now let's talk about a couple of unders. And the Brewers, to me, are a team that stands out uh, as an under, you can find them anywhere, 84 and a half, 85 and a half, in that range. And this is a team that really doesn't have a whole lot of offense. You know, I mean, Christian Yelich is not going to be the player that won an MVP award. And, uh, there's not 
a lot of offense in Milwaukee this year. I've got concerns about the pitching staff uh, as well. You know, Burns and Woodruff, Burns and Woodruff. Behind that duo, there's not a whole lot. I don't love the bullpen. And again, they're being aligned as a winning team. I understand that the NL Central is not the toughest division. I'm going to talk about the AL Central in a minute. But Milwaukee, I don't see this team being a legit contender this year. I see them as a 500-level squad. I'm looking to play the Brewers under their season win total. And, of course, when we talk about playing unders and overs and win totals, I mean, it's probably early in the season. I think there's some value betting on L.A., some value betting against Milwaukee. And we got to talk about the, the Detroit Tigers as well in this mix. We're seeing the Tigers, what, 69 and a half, 70. There was a 70 and a half out there. I'm not sure it's still there uh, anymore. Uh, but it's certainly a Tigers team. I mean, they've got nobody under contract in 2024 through 2024. Really. You know, it's Miggy's last year. They're paying him $32 million for a, you know, I mean, we'll give him credit for being the Hall of Famer that he is. But Miguel Cabrera is not going to lead any team to victories at this stage of his uh, campaign. And we're talking about a squad, again, with that contract coming off the books. Detroit, you can anticipate them already being sellers at the trading deadline. Anyone uh, that they have that can help any veteran team will be there. It feels like a complete rebuild mode uh, for the Tigers this season. I think they're going to be sellers at the deadline. And, again, it's not like they're in the toughest division. They're not. But the White Sox are going to be okay. The Guardians are going to be okay. The Twins are going to be okay. It's not like uh, <laughs> the Detroit's going to be able to beat up on a bunch of bad teams. And the Royals will be better this year as well. So Tigers under, Brewers under, Dodgers over. A trio of MLB opinions. And look, that's just getting started. Well, certainly, uh, in terms of my prep work for MLB, this is a first overview. <laughs> Once the madness gets contained, <laughs> and really it's about another week. You know, once you get into that last week uh, before the season starts, and when you get down to you know, the final four in, in the last few games of the alternate tournaments, that's when you really focus uh, on uh, MLB as the season begins in that last week or so before the season starts. But no reason not to talk MLB early on and give a couple opinions, especially with the markets already starting to move with these season win totals. So I wouldn't wait if you want to get involved. Jay Money is money on Twitter. Jay Money going to join me next. Cover it continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with the covers here on Sirius XM, channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Look, there's only so much March Madness we can talk about. All right? I can't do every show March Madness all the time. And NBA is rolling right now. I'm running good form in NBA. And my guest today, Jay Money. 2-0 one time for the one time, my friend. How are you doing? Jay, welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Uh, everything's going well. Been really seeing the NBA here uh, really well as well ever since the uh, the counter has changed to 2023. So just ready to stack up some units um, and, and talk some NBA with you, Tim. Yeah, I know last year you and I both 
were pretty good down the stretch enough uh, <laughs> and pretty good. Uh, I don't know. Last year, I don't know if I'm ever going to be hotter than I was last year down the stretch. I went, I hit 70% in the NBA for four months after the All-Star break through the end of the finals. And I know you had a monster run as well. So this is certainly a time of year where I love betting the association. Let me start here. All right. How do you break down an NBA card? You're looking at a card with a bunch of lines today on Sunday. Uh, explain the process for what you do the, when, you, when you're seeing lines for the first time for the next day's games. Well, well, I, t- I do. I have a show on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. That's where I teach you guys uh, basically how to bet the NBA, how I'm looking at the games, and a lot of times I'll go through the game as I'm on the show as well. So you guys can check that out uh, if you'd like to really see how I go game to game. And I think that's key there, Teddy, because I really take a game. Uh, it's no real uh, straight-on process for me. I mean, I always look at the last 10 matchups between the two. I like to look at if a team has the rest advantage, the type of spot they're in. So I usually go off of feel, and I usually go off how the current form of the two teams are but it's just one of those type of things where I take it day by day at a time and take it game by game I always say every game is different um, and it can present different angles as well so I'm, I'm kind of a day-to-day type of better type of better all against all with the field but one thing I can say I always look at the recent 10 meetings of the two teams you can do five or ten and look at how those two teams have been playing um, versus the rest of the league as well in their last five games last five games stats NBA.com things of this sort Teddy so the best way I could say I usually just go off for field, and it's been working out pretty well for me. Yeah, no doubt. And certainly you're someone that pays attention to the association every night. And in my mind, that's as important as any other factor. You know, there are all these guys go, I, I saw somebody who I had previously respected, I'll just say, tweet about the Orlando Magic the other day. Uh, in fact, it was a game against Phoenix. They were hanging tough at Phoenix. Another point spread cover off a loss for Orlando, now 14-4 and four of their last 18 ATS coming off a loss. And, the, and they were like, wow, I didn't realize that Orlando was 23-20 and 20 in their last 43 games. And it's like, no, dude. <laughs> if you don't realize that, you're not paying attention to the NBA on a nightly basis. And there's so many little nuances for which teams are going up and which teams are going down. And the guys that are, you can, certainly by this time of the year, <laughs> and well before this time of the year, you can pay attention to the guys that are following the association seriously on a night-in, night-out basis. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, Jay, you know, because there's a lot of talk. People always ask me, what do you do with line moves? How do you do if the game moves towards you? What do you do if the game moves against you? People ask me about sharp versus square money in the NBA. Consensus, oh, it's a popular choice. And I I mean, does that ever get you on or off games? Do you worry uh, about line moves? Do you worry about sharp square divides? Do you worry about consensus numbers? Uh, Or is that static and not something you're going to consider in your capping? Yeah, that's pretty much static to me. Um, I can't say later in the season, I do kind of try to stay off of games where all of the money is one side, but it still won't scare me away. Um, well, I feel like when you're locked into the NBA, a lot of times, I mean, you could be part of moving those lines. I mean, if it's something that you really like, you might want to get on that um, the night before because you know that it's going to be something that moves. And also, like, injury info, things like that, following the beat writers. A lot of times, you can get inside info before these lines move. So I just feel like if you're sharp, um, then you're part, you're part of why the line moves. But, I mean, 
if I wake up and then something is moved against me, I don't really care. Usually a lot of times I go with my research. I go with what's worked with me. Um, and there's a lot of times the line moves in my favor and there's other times where it moves against me. I don't really think it has a part in like uh, in the, in the outcome of the game, in my opinion. So something when I really, when I first started betting, uh, Teddy is something I looked at, but, uh, these days I feel like, uh, I mean, I'd like to call myself a sharp, so I don't really look at it uh, too much, to be honest with you. But I don't mind. I never mind fading the public. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was there was one game that stood out to me. That, that uh, you know, there was a, it was Friday night, Boston against Portland, and Boston opened as low as minus four. They got bet up what minus six, minus six and a half. The consensus numbers were crazy for Boston in that ball game, and I'm like, you know what? We're gonna lean Celtics, but we're not actually gonna get to the betting window with. Boston. So sometimes, not all the time, but when I have a big consensus number and a line move, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, it's gonna take a game that I might have bet, and ends up getting left on the cutting room floor. Let me ask you this: Are you a sides guy? Are you a totals guy? Are you a props guy? Which is the best way to attack the NBA? Are you a guy that looks for all three on a night in, night out basis? Yeah, I can't necessarily say a best way, but I know you, I always say go with what works for you. There's people that I know that only bet totals; they just can't pick a side uh, for whatever reason. And for me personally, I don't bet any totals for whatever reason, man. When if I bet the under, they're making everything. If I bet the over, they can't hit a basket, <laughs> man. So I'm a, personally, I figured out that sides are the, are my thing. Whether it's first quarter, first half, or full game, I will bet some props here and there uh, whenever I have a steal or something, or there's a narrative, a player playing their old team or something like that. But to answer your question, side. Uh, has been the best way for me to bet over the past few years. And I bet mostly sides as well. I, I do bet some totals. Uh, and because I'm really selective with totals, my winning percentage of totals is pretty good because I don't play a lot of them. Props-wise, I bet them. I've never released them as a handicapper. Um, in my mind, you, you can kind of end up with too much stuff <laughs> for the client. So uh, prop-wise, oh, and in my write-ups, I'll uh, give a lean uh, towards uh, someone that I like to bet on or against that night, but it's not something that I release uh, for clients. That's something that's more personal, much like in-game uh, betting. You do a lot of in-game betting, uh, Jay, or are you someone that uh, does most of your stuff? You know, I know you like those trifecta spots, first quarter, first half, full game. Uh, do you most of your betting before tip-off? Do you do a lot of in-game betting as well? Yeah, I definitely do 95% of my betting before tip-off. But I can say, I mean, sometimes we leave money on the table. I always say, if you're watching a game and have a feel for the game, especially like maybe a side or a total pregame, you can definitely find some good live spots. I mean, your team might come up, and we've seen Teddy as well this year, where teams will get up by 20 points and for whatever whatever reason uh, let off the gas. So one nugget for the listeners out there, if any NBA team this season gets up by 20 points in the first quarter, live bet the other team almost (laughs) every single time – they get complacent and start actually stop playing their game. So you can actually make a lot of money live being. Sure, and, and it's the same concept as teams playing without their star player. The opposing team lets down. Everyone else on that team steps up because they know they have to make up for the star player that they're missing. The line moves one way, and yet the end result uh, often ends up being the team without the star player wins the game and or covers the point spread. In-game, a similar type of contest uh, concept. One team gets smacked around early. Well, guess what? Now, if they're coming to play, it's coming hard. And the team that's up 20, oh, yeah, you get a little lackadaisical. You see it all the time in the association over the course of an 82-game season. Let me ask you this, Jay, because you're someone, again, you do shows 
multiple shows every day on YouTube. We'll give you plenty of chance to promote before we let you go. Uh, it's easy enough to find, you know, uh, NBA Talk with Jay Money uh, on YouTube. But do you ever take a day off during the season? Do you do anything other than watch NBA and bet NBA every night? Yeah, I have to take a day off sometimes. Sometimes it can get mentally overloaded, especially when you do shows seven days a week as well, man. So I don't even take the weekends off. But uh, I can tell you, when I'm not hitting things right, it's real easy to take a day off then because, I mean, obviously you're not trying to lose people money and you're not trying to lose money yourself. So sometimes I can't say, man, if you're not seeing things right, the best thing to do and the easiest way to save money is just don't bet whatsoever. So that's when I used to take a day off, city. Yeah, and I'm with you 100%. If I'm rolling, I'm not taking a day off. I'm not taking a minute off. But you have a bad night and then maybe another bad night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay to reset. Take a little bit of time, a day or two, when you're seeing things potentially clearly. You come right back and fight. More with Jay Money coming up next. Cover it continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Teddy Covers here on Cover with Teddy Covers, Series XM, Channel 159. We're talking with Jay Money at Jay Money is Money on Twitter, breaking down the world of the NBA late season action. And Jay, before the break, we're talking about taking days off. If you ever do it and you're like, not when I'm rolling, but if I'm having a rough go of it, I will absolutely take a day off in the NBA sometimes too. And that's what you have to do sometimes. The NBA can be, how do we phrase this? A frustrating league for some people. <laughs> it can be a frustrating league for us at times. Teams up 20, they blow leads. Teams down 20, they rally back. It's a league where you're not really comfortable until, you know, and I guess in the NFL when someone takes a knee, you know, in the NBA, you're not always that comfortable since someone's dribbling the ball out down the stretch. When it comes to bad beats, tough beats, they're going to happen in the association. Sometimes they run together. How do you deal with that? And talk about a bad beat that stands out to you, if any bad beat stands out to you this season. For me, at this stage, they kind of roll off. <laughs> I don't remember them the way I used to. Man, I just had a bad beat for Zingas. Um, I had the Hawks land, just an example. Hawks were land, I believe, three and a half, four points. They were up by five points or six, and then Porzingis shoots a basically meaningless three at the buzzer, and then for the Wizards to cover the spread, but they still lose the game. So that happened yep. like a week and a half ago, um, in my opinion. I mean, I really – but it's just so crazy because it's, I feel like it's always the law of averages because right before that, same team with the, the Hawks, the Jante Murray hit a meaningless three, and they end up covering the spread. Um, as well when they lost the game. So I always say it's a law of averages. You kind of just have to talk it, chunk it up as a loss and, and use it as motivation for the next day. So that's what I kind of like to do. Um, I, I, I'm real easily motivated. So when I'm coming off a loss or anything, a bad beat, obviously it hurts, but um, it just pisses me off just enough for me to come back with the, with the banger the next day. So that's what I like to do. You're like an NBA player. Dude. You get mad off a loss. And that's, you know, as you get to this stage of the season, you know, I talked about Orlando already. You know, there's certain teams that you absolutely want to be betting on off a bad performance. You know, a good handful of those squads. Now, for much of the season, it was the elites of the NBA, the Milwaukee's and the Boston's and the Denver's. But all of those teams have kind of shown some cracks 
down the stretch. Certainly from a point spread perspective, if you've been betting Milwaukee and Boston and Denver in recent weeks, you haven't exactly uh, done uh, all that well. Talk to me about some basic strategy. What do we got, about 10, 12 games in the regular season left? Is there basic strategy for the NBA down the very last stretch of the regular season, or uh, is, is this same as any other time of the year when it comes to the association? No, it is not the same, um, Teddy. As you can see, the Denver Nuggets, the number one team over the vast majority of the season, they're really starting to taper off here, and it's a good reason for that as well. When you have a top-tier team locked into their seed, yeah, they're going to they're gonna start uh, tinkering with lineups. Or they're not going to be playing as hard on defense because they don't want to risk injury um, and risk their, their uh, long playoff push in that one. So fading top-tier teams that are basically locked into their, um, locked into their playoff seed, those are the teams that you want to fade, and even better, Teddy, you're going to get inflated numbers as well because they're still going to be power rated on how they've done full season. But real bettors know or people that's locked into the NBA know that they're actually a bit against. I feel like it's a prime example of what's happening with the Denver Nuggets right now. And on the flip side, teams that have tanked the whole season, they actually feel like now they're at the bottom of the league, the bottom three. Um, so they can actually start to play their game and kind of get ready um, for next season as far as like how they want to play um, at their, their strategy or whatever. So uh, two things. It's actually buying on the lower tier teams because now they can finally play and then the top tier teams after playing so well when they know they're going to the playoffs they kind of start to check out over those last 15 games of the season uh, i think we see that every year yeah we've certainly seen it again from the elites uh in both uh conferences uh this season but when it comes to those bottom feeder teams you know and really there's uh, i mean there's three or four you know there's the rockets the pistons the spurs and if you want, you can put Charlotte in that uh, same category. I'm not convinced. That, you know, I've got Charlotte power rated several points better uh, than those other squads. Uh, but, you know, the Hornets are certainly bottom feeders in that regard. And, and one of the things that historically I don't like to do is bet on those bottom feeders over the back portion of the campaign when they're just kind of going through the motions. That hasn't been the case this year. We've seen San Antonio play competitive basketball. Oh, we've seen Detroit at times play competitive basketball. We've seen the Rockets uh, at times play some competitive basketball. Uh, what do you make of that? Why do you think the and, – and I know that we're at the point of the season where the, the lottery option, the lottery odds aren't going to change in any real way for any of those squads if they win games versus losing games. And, of course, you know, being at the bottom of the standings, you still don't have a great chance of, of, of uh, getting Wembayana uh, for next year. But – what do you make of these, you know, your Spurs and your Rockets and your Pistons covering point spreads and hanging tough more than the average bottom feeder through the, the back uh, portion of the campaign? Yeah, you nailed it right there. You can't really go too much further to the to the bottom, right? So you're basically already at the, in the bottom three. Now, actually, a few wins doesn't hurt you. When, when you think so much in the season, and I mean, these are NBA players. They still have to work on their craft and go to practice every day. So it's not fun losing every single game. So at some point, yeah, you get tired of losing, and the value um, is so, uh, it's up there as well from you getting blown out basically every game in a season. Now the value, now you actually have a couple extra points of value um, as well, and no one going to want to bet them as well. So I, something I like to do, I like going with the teams that no one wants to bet, um, and those are usually some of the best bets. So I think the main thing, Teddy, is they're tired of losing, the wins don't hurt them as much, and you're getting extra value on the point spread. Sure, and there's another factor to consider as well, is that none of those teams 
have established set rotations. So the fact that the coaches are sitting out this guy or that guy or the other guy, it doesn't affect them as much as teams that have established normal rotations where you know you can count on the certain group of eight or ten guys playing on a night-in, night-out basis. That hasn't been the case for Houston. That hasn't been the case for San Antonio. It certainly hasn't been the case uh, for Detroit. Uh, all three of those teams, you know, when it comes to established rotations and steady minutes for regular guys, has not been there since the All-Star break. Do you have anyone that you're looking to bet on down the stretch? You have a team or two that stand out to you right now as being, yeah, I'm going to make money with this team. The markets are short on where they actually are, or are they some of the teams that we already talked about? Yeah, one team for sure, I can tell you, I've been riding the Lakers pretty heavily lately. I actually just took a loss with them, unfortunately, the last game. But I'm going to stay on there. I'm going to stay on them. This team is making a playoff push. Uh, they, it's actually a revamped roster as well ever since the trade deadline. And maybe it could be getting a little bit more value as well because of LeBron being out for a while. But my number one bet on team for the rest of the season will be the L.A. Lakers um, as well, especially at the house. I feel like they have an actual point guard now. Their offense is a lot better, and they're playing some defense as well. Now, I can tell you, they will rest. Eight, uh, Anthony Davis and the second legs of back-to-back, but my number one team to bet on that I'm going to make money with is the L.A. Lakers uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm making money with Minnesota. Minnesota, to me, is a team, you know, when I look at the current, you know, when you look at the, the current market form for the T-Wolves, or the, the market pricing for the T-Wolves compared to where I have them, uh, I'm at about two points higher than the market on Minnesota pretty regularly, and it's uh, served me well in recent weeks. I like that squad. I like their energy. I like the fact that they have bad season-long defensive statistics. But that defense, during crunch time, they've been able to step up. Uh, And certainly Finch as a head coach is someone who uh, I think uh, has some upside there. So Minnesota, uh, a team that has treated me fairly well of late, and a team that I have as a bet-on squad down the stretch. Lake Show, anyone else stand out to you in that regard as a bet on, or should we talk about bet against? Well, I do think the Clippers have been undervalued all season. Obviously, this is a team that just made a recent trade as well, um, and, and it's kind of changed the whole dynamic of the team. But I still think the Clippers are, are a top-tier defensive team, and I think they can figure it out enough offensively. We also see Kawhi Leonard starting to start to really get into his groove as well. So uh, while a lot of people have been fading the Clippers all season, I think this is the time to hop off the fade train. I think the, I think the Clippers will be a buy-on team as they get ready for the playoffs and really ramp up their defensive efforts. Um, and I, I really think this uh, team is going to start blowing, blowing teams out and change the perception of the Clippers. So Clippers would be my, the, I guess, both L.A. teams here, Teddy. So Lakers and Clippers <laughs> are both of my uh, buy-on teams for the rest of the season. Yeah, and, and, and certainly, you know, in, in, what, what I, in general, what I'm uh, looking for when I say this is a bet-on team, a buy team, I like smaller markets, I like fewer superstars, and that's why I tend to uh, go for teams like Orlando or Minnesota. That being said, the association, at this stage of the season, we do not see power ratings get adjusted very quickly. And that means a team that did get better at the trade deadline, like the Lakers, a team that is finally finding the rhythm, like the Clippers, those are teams that have potential to offer value, even though we don't think of them with the star power that they have and with the major market that they have and with the national TV appearances that they have, we don't necessarily think of them as value teams. I agree with you. I think if you bet on the Lakers and Clips for the next 10 games apiece, 
you'll probably make more money than you lose. So we've gone through some bet on teams right here. And let me ask you, let me just throw back one more time real quick. Was there any other team that you want that stood out to you? There's one. What about Sacramento? You know, it's a team that is number two in the West. No one's talking about them. They've been the best team <laughs> point spread wise since the All-Star break. And I can't find anyone to tell me they like Sacramento. Real quick, any thoughts on the Kings? Yeah, I'm not betting against them. I can tell you that a few times that I have uh, bet against them, they weren't. They took my money. You know what I'm saying? So I still, um, I'm out on their defense. To be honest with you, but I'm not betting against the Sacramento Kings right now. They have one of the most potent offenses in the NBA. We're just getting started here with Jay Money. We're gonna talk bet against teams, totals, and his NBA Final Four when we come back. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Get all the latest updates, breaking news, line changes, and more. Follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV, and stay on the grid everywhere you go. Again, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore Carvers. And listen, I really appreciate all you who tweet at me after you hear the show or the podcast version of the show. Um, but I appreciate it. I enjoy it. I try to like them and thank you uh, for tweeting back at me. Feel free to do so again at Teddy underscore Covers on Twitter. And you can find Jay Money on Twitter at Jay Money is Money. That's J A Y. Jay Money is Money on Twitter. He does what? Jay, how many shows do you do every day? You go, you like, you do a you do basketball shows multiple times a day, seven days a week, all season long. I don't know how you do it. How many shows are you doing every day? At least three, um, Teddy. Um, obviously, <laughs> I work for a few companies, but on my show, on my channel, obviously that's the, that's the main one. But I'll do a nighttime show. I'll do one at one p.m. Eastern, and then sometimes I also head up to the sports book and do a little game time NBA show as well, an hour before the book, before the game start. People really love that. So I try to do at least two or three shows a day, just try to keep the people informed uh, and give them as most to get the most actionable info as I can. Sure, and you usually have guests on those shows. Sometimes you go solo, but a lot of times uh, you'll bring in guests. I've been on your show a number of times. I think I'm going to be on next Friday if you want to check it out. Again, at J Money is Money uh, on Twitter. That'll be next Friday, the 24th. Uh, I'll be on that show, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. here on the left coast. Jay, before the break, we were talking about some bet on teams down the stretch of the NBA. I think the bet against teams might even be stronger down the stretch. You know, you find a bet against team, you can bet against them game after game after game after game, and the markets don't tend to catch up at this late stage of the campaign. And a team that the effort isn't there, it ain't coming back, (laughs) not in late March or April. Give me a bet against team that you're looking to fade at every reasonable opportunity right about now. 
Well, one team that I do think that's kind of quit on their on their coach and, and quit on the season, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. Um, this is something that I noticed after the Philadelphia 76ers game where they led the game by 21 points, end up losing on the game-winning shot by Joel Embiid. Uh, just excruciating losses like that can really take a toll on a team, especially when you're fighting for a play-in tournament. They've lost three games um, since then as well. So um, the Blazers are probably one of my number one bet against teams um, as well. And also I think there will be more that present themselves as teams kind of get out of the play-in race when they know that their season is over. Um, I think we might see teams like the Pelicans um, and the Blazers kind of go. Obviously, the Pelicans aren't out yet, but Blazers for sure. Um, I'm, I, I am only looking to bet against this team, my number one bet against team, J.D. for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't argue with that. And, and again, you know, when we look at Portland, Jeremy Grant is banged up now uh, for Portland. He's hurt. We've seen uh, uh, Simons come back from injury, and he had that huge game against Philly, and then not much since. It's Dame and nobody. You know, it's Dame and the Seven Dwarfs uh, in Portland right now. Um, and that's, you know, uh, not necessarily, and which is, it kind of has been in every recent year since McC- every year since McCollum left. Uh, it's been Dame and the Seven Dwarfs in, uh, in Portland. So I certainly wouldn't argue uh, with that take. I've got Portland on my bet against list uh, as well. Anyone else stand out to you as a team you're looking to fade? I'll, I'll, I'll talk about one of mine. I don't like the Chicago Bulls team. <laughs> you know? uh, and, and look, the, the addition of Patrick Beverly kind of gave him a little kick. And when Zach Levine is hitting everything, they can win a game. And I, and I certainly from a, from a character standpoint, I don't look at Chicago as a bad character team. That said, they've underachieved from day one. The talent isn't there. The bench isn't there. I'm not convinced that players and coaches are on the same page. And you talk about a team I want to fade as a favorite, a team that I want to fade at home. Bulls at or near the top of that list. Are you with me? Or is there uh, uh, another team that uh, that stands out to you as a team you're looking to bet against uh, down the back end of this NBA campaign? I'm actually right there with you, Teddy. It's somewhat like the opposite of the uh, of the Blazers squad. We know the Blazers can play some offense. They can score with anybody. Don't play a lick of defense. It's actually the polar opposite with the Bulls. They've actually been locking up on a defensive end. They really struggle offensively, and they don't shoot enough three pointers to stay in to stay in a lot of games in today's NBA. We know you have to you have to shoot at least 33 on a game where it seems like the Bulls only like to shoot around 20 on um, that one. So I'm right there with you. And it's another one where I don't think Billy Donovan is the coach for that team. We've seen them get into it with Levine of all types of things. So I do think the Bulls team, I'm right there with you there, Teddy, where I'm not looking towards really backing the Bulls, and I do think they need to make a coaching change. I know that they had just gave them an extension, but uh, the Bulls team, it's about time for them to blow it up. And another thing, right before the trade deadline, they were pretty close to either trading the Rosen or Levine. It's one of those where a trade didn't happen, but the, the, the rumors and the uh, swirls are start, uh, had started to get to the players. So I will not be backing the Bulls a lot, and it's another team that's right outside the play-in tournament, so all you need to see them is get a few games out of there, and they will give up on the season. Yeah, Zach Levine's contract isn't tradable, I don't think. <laughs> I really don't. You know, they, had, they signed him to a max extension deal, and then he got hurt, and now it, not that he's not a good player. He is a good player, but he's being played, he's being paid uh, like a superstar, and I don't know that Zach Levine's a superstar. I don't know that Zach Levine's the guy at this stage I want to build my team around, and oh, they got him, what, they got a max salary for the next three or four years, don't they? Uh, but in my mind, the Bulls, like the biggest issue with the Bulls are the, are the Dosamunio, the Santosamu, and the Cody Whites of the world. The role players, the Alex Caruso's of the world. 
the role players just haven't been there uh, for Chicago in, in a step-up way. Um, and I think that uh, from an athleticism standpoint, the Bulls, you know, they, they, they struggle against the teams with, uh, with good athletes. I don't think that's going to change down the stretch. What about Dallas? I mean, my, betting against Miami and Dallas at home has is, is, is paid my mortgage all year. Uh, should I keep doing that? Um, uh, and and do, are they fade on, on every court or just as home favorites? Because I've got, like, betting against Miami at home. Betting, and I know Miami covered the other night against Memphis. Betting against Memphis on the road is every bit as good as betting against Miami at home right now. Uh, that was, you know, the rock or the hard place uh, in that ballgame. But uh, do you see that continuing over this uh, backstretch of the campaign? Yeah, I definitely could see that. The only thing is, these teams have it, it depends on the situations, right? Because both teams have actually had a winning record at the house. They just don't cover the big spreads. And I mean, be like more than six points. So it's really those you kind of, one of those you have to take it game by game. If it's a game that they're laying two or three points in, then you basically just ask them to win the game. But win by margin at the house, I'm right there with you. I would not be laying huge spreads with the Mavs or the Heat really anywhere, to be honest with you, but um, especially not at the house. But yeah, I do think the Mavs have a few things going on. Um, obviously, they're expected to get back Luka Dunchy here pretty soon. But um, personally, I was a Mavs fan for a long time. Um, this team has some things going on. It's another one where I think they might just be starting to tune out the coach. I'm not all the way there yet. I mean, obviously, the, the Mavs just come off going to the Western Conference Finals. But they did lose a lot of their depth. Um, and they've lost a lot of defense this year as well with trading Ray Dorian Finney-Smith. So kind of out on the Mavs right now, kind of like a mediocre type of team. But I do think the Heat are making a strong run to the playoffs. This team is really starting to put it together on both ends of the floor. I probably won't be fading the Heat uh, many times soon. Even at home chalk. So right now that, that Miami repeated failures as home chalk is something maybe we tap the brakes on down the stretch. Yeah, personally, I'm pumping the brakes on it. Uh, that same game that you said versus the Grizzlies, I was on the Heat heavy in that one. No one believed me that they could blow the Grizzlies out in that one. Um, they end up winning the game by 20 easily. So I feel like it's all of, it's all about matchups with the Miami Heat, and that's why I like to take games uh, uh, game by game. So I'm, there's one more team I want to talk about to the bet against, and I want to talk about it right here because this is what I'm going to ask you to give me your NBA Final Four, the two teams, you know, the teams are going to meet in the conference finals in the East and in the West. And my question is, what do we do with Phoenix? Right now, I have Phoenix as a bet against team. Are you with me? And is there upside for Phoenix in the postseason? Is this a team that could legitimately win a couple of playoff series and be in the Western Conference Finals two months from now? Yeah, without Kevin Durant, they're absolutely bet against. The only thing is, when they get him, that's when they're they'll probably put some more pep in their step. Um, obviously, we don't know exactly when he's going to come back, and they're going to need more time to gel once again. That's the, that's one thing that does hurt them, Teddy, as far as trying to make the championship push. They were expected to have him these last 14 or 15 games, um, that way, or even 20 games, that way that they can get ready uh, in playoff mode, right? So um, now the fact that he's he's going to be missing an extended period of time, that really hurts uh, their chances, in my opinion, of making a deep run because now you're playing a first uh, playoff series and still trying to get um, trying to get him integrated into the lineup. But I can say the ceiling is very high for the Suns with a healthy Kevin Durant. And we know Chris, on the, on the other thing, Chris Paul is, he's not getting any younger, right? So we have seen him taper off in the playoffs time and time again. So hopefully Kevin Durant and Booker can, can have them ascend. But um, I do worry about them not having enough chemistry going in. But as of right now, without Kevin Durant, the Suns are definitely bet against right now. Yeah, I think that might be a first-round exit. Um, there's upside. <laughs> 
but uh, I don't think it's going to be either. Look, the Western Conference playoff picture is extremely jumbled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and saying with confidence, oh, yeah, I'm confident it's going to be Team A versus Team B. Talk to me. Western Conference Finals. You have to pick right now. Who are you picking? Man, it's a tough one. I, I can't yeah. say Denver will <laughs> No, it's tough, J.D. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I'd still like to say Denver in there uh, if, they, if they start putting it together. And then I, I'd still go with the Suns. I'd like the Lakers to make it there, to be honest, if LeBron came back. But right now, I would say Denver and, uh, and Phoenix could make it there. All right, I'll go Denver and the Clippers. What about in the East? In the East, I do think it'll be Bucks and Sixers in some type of way. I mean, it's crazy because I don't want to leave out the Celtics, right? And the Cavs, they have a high upside as well. So just as much as the the, um, the West is, is jumbled from 1 to 10, that's how I feel about the East and 1 through 4. I think all four of those teams have the squad to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals as well. So I'm going to give you four, unfortunately. But, yeah, Philly, uh, Philly and the Bucks have been my top two right now. The Celtics. I still think they're missing some coaching-wise, but the Cavs, um, they're, they're going to be on their heels there for sure. But Sixers and uh, Bucks have been the teams that I see to, to make the furthest push in the Eastern Conference uh, uh, Finals. Jay, I couldn't agree with you more. And I haven't heard one other person talk Philly. Everyone's Boston, 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 Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. I'm like, no, it's Philly this year. Um, I'm with you. 76ers and Bucks, my two teams out of the East. Jay, we got 90 seconds left. I want you to give our listening audience an abettable opinion for today on Sunday and tell them where they can find you. Yeah, Sunday I'll be looking towards the Clippers. We have bet on versus bet against. Uh, Clippers versus the Blazers in that one. Uh, Clippers will come in off of three days rest uh, as well. And uh, like a like a rested Clippers team, guys, if you can, check me out. NBA Talk with Jay Money on YouTube. Most of the time going live at least two or three shows uh, Monday through Sunday. That's seven days a week, guys. I'm not sure who else is out there doing that. So if you can, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notifications bell. Um, you'll get notified every time I'm doing a live show. Seven days a week. The guy goes live on the weekends, too. <laughs> He's not kidding around. Jay Money is money. Great stuff. He also says take a look at the L.A. Clippers. At the, what, What's that? St- oh, the, it, was the, it was the Rose Garden, the Moda Center. I can't even think of what it's called right now uh, in Portland. But the bottom line is Jay says look at the Clips in Portland as a winner for today on Sunday. Jay, thank you so much for your time, my friend. I really appreciate your time and effort. Best of luck. We'll talk in the not-too-distant future. Oh, there we go. We lost him. Jay, money is money. When we come back, yeah, I got a bettable opinion for you in the association for today. Stay tuned. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's show, you want to go back and listen to yesterday's college basketball show. We broke down a whole bunch of games uh, over the weekend. Myself and Drew Martin. If you want to go back and listen to the archives from last week, from last month, from last Super Bowl, from two years ago. It's real simple. Download the podcast versions of Cover It with Teddy Covers. Wherever you download your podcast outlet, uh, wherever you download your podcast, 
Just search Cover It or Cover It with Teddy Covers. You can download and consume at your convenience. And of course, the hidden benefit is that you'll get the shows as soon as they are posted. You don't have to wait even one moment for us to play them on air. So check out the podcast version of Cover It. I encourage you to do that on a week-in, week-out basis. Jay Money gave you guys an NBA bettable opinion for today. He talked about the Clips in Portland as road chalk, and I certainly wouldn't argue with that concept. If I'm playing that game, it could only be on the Clippers' side. I'm going to give you a bettable opinion for today as well. This one stood out to me from a total standpoint. Look, we got the Hawks and the Spurs, two teams that aren't playing a whole lot of defense and two teams that are very comfortable pushing the pace. San Antonio, here's a Popovich quote after the overtime loss to Dallas from the Spurs the other day. Quote, they did a great job. A lot of guys got minutes. Combinations were a little strange probably. Their competitiveness and execution here and there were great. Really proud of them. They deserve to enjoy their evening. He doesn't care about winning <laughs> right now. What he cares about is being competitive. And for San Antonio to be competitive, that's offense right now. The defense isn't there. The Hawks have allowed 120-plus four times in their last five games. They've allowed 130-plus three times in their last five games. They're 73 to the over in 10 since the All-Star break. And I think they go over here as well. So look for San Antonio and Atlanta, the Spurs and the Hawks. Take it up and over the total. Yeah, it's a high total for a reason. That's going to wrap it for Cover It with Teddy Covers this week. We'll see you again next weekend right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Between now and then, enjoy the games and good luck.